Hi, I'm Jameson Newlander, Alan Frog from The Lost Boys, and you're watching the Frog Brothers Podcast. Let me get up it's refreshment time, folks. I'm just gonna go watch a movie. Do you like scary movies? I don't watch movies. I have to return some videotapes. You have a TV? No. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. I don't need a TV. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. Over 1,600 titles, each for rent at just $2 the first night, and only a... Welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Alec. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to the Frog Brothers Podcast. I want to preface this interview with uh, just, just a little bit of an intro here. Um, this, is, this is the second time we're interviewing Greg Zestero. We've never had this happen before, but uh, the file went corrupt, so we uh, had to re-record this with Greg, and thankfully, he agreed to call in a second time, because if a podcast that I appeared on was like, hey, our file went corrupt, I would just assume they didn't know what they were doing. But luckily, uh, Greg is very understanding, and he called back in for a second chat. I tried to bring up some points of uh, stuff that he talked about in the first one that we wanted wanted people to hear, so... Um, we are also releasing a review of The Room this week because he'll be in town uh, doing a screening, so we're going to review that this week, and on that episode, you'll be able to hear all about that screening and the meet and greet with him and all that kind of stuff, so um, keep your eyes open for that, and enjoy the interview. All right, so uh, welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast. I uh, just want to thank you for doing this again because uh, I will address the elephant in the room that we uh, previously talked to Greg last night and had some issues with the file, so he gracefully uh, agreed to come back again tonight. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out again. I know you're a very busy person and got a lot of stuff going on, so thanks for coming back. Yeah, no worries. I know we had a good chat, and, um, you know, let's just uh, let's do it again. That was a warm-up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I kind of wrote down yeah. anything that I feel like that we talked about that I remembered that was really interesting, so we'll kind of go through some of that, but... Um, yeah, it's really cool that you're you're coming to town for um, a screening at uh, Screenland Armor, which is a theater that we regularly attend just for all sorts of screenings and regular movies and stuff. So we just really like them in general. And uh, you're doing a, a double feature of The Room and a mystery movie, which, again, I'm, I think I might have some clues as to what that is, but I won't I won't even put a guess out. So Yeah, I mean, it could be The Room, too. It could be, could be anything. But, yeah. Uh, you know, if you've learned over the last 10 or, you know, some odd years that usually if, if I'm going to present a film, it's going to have, you know, or a book or whatever, it's going to have a twist to it. And I'm, uh, again, I'm, I'm stoked to be in Kansas City, um, you know, to show a show a new project because Kansas City has been really good to me over the years. Um, you know, you know, starting at the Alamo Draft House and now getting to be at Screenland Armor. So um, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night and what the crowd thinks of uh, this big surprise. Yeah, you said you uh, had some very interesting things always happen in Kansas City, news-wise for you, so what were some of those? Yeah, it was, 
it was uh you know i got the the you know the message that james franco had uh read the book and he um you know he was very interested in discussing about turning it into a film and the night i was appearing in kansas city he was appearing in vancouver to see the room for the first time and i got the message and then i remember uh when i was coming to kansas city for best friends uh, i was contacted by lionsgate as i was driving to the theater that they had seen it and they were interested in distributing it worldwide so it's just uh i think it's a good omen and hey i've been a chiefs fan the past couple years um so it's great to a uh, great time to come to town i need some i need some luck yeah i think you're well, gonna you're gonna get something for sure out of it um we'll <laughs> see what it is i'm me myself i'm hoping that it's somebody approaching you like we gotta get big shock made we gotta get it made kid you know like that's what i'm hoping for yeah <laughs> yeah um, but I think, uh, like, like we were talking about last night, I think, you know, it's really cool to get back out and, and, and hang out and meet fans and, and share the, some of the new projects I've been working on because during, you know, during quarantine, I was able to spend a lot of creative time, you know, editing, uh, this other new horror film that I made called Miracle Valley, which is about a cult and, uh, horror has been my favorite genre for a while. And I kind of dug into that and. You know, the film is tested really well. It's got a kind of a Hills Have Eyes, Midsummer, Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel. And also, I was very busy, as Mark was in the room, digging into the UFO culture. And I wrote a UFO abduction script uh, while I was living in Arizona. And I got to take a UFO night tour in Sedona, which was super fascinating. And I stumbled across a few people who have connections to Travis Walton, the subject of one of my favorite movies, Fire in the Sky, about a true abduction, true story abduction in Snowflake, Arizona. So I've been able to do some cool stuff uh, over quarantine, and that's the next film. I have a, a new horror film coming out um, called Miracle Valley, and I'm also going to be making next year, hopefully, a, uh, a UFO abduction film. So, um, KC, if you're listening... Throw some uh, some fairy dust and help me out. Yeah, I'd love to see that new alien movie come to fruition because. Booger, seriously, seriously. <laughs> Those movies that stuck with me ever since and kind of was the foundation for my fascination with aliens, and uh, pretty exciting to see what what comes of that because that's. So just sounds so much fun just to hear it and knowing that you've got a little bit of, you know, some connections are already just being able to take that realism and apply that in a new way that we haven't seen done in so long because there's been a lot of alien movies since, but there are a lot of big invasion movies and they don't really just get to that nitty gritty, like terrifying level of one person's encounter. And I think, you know, we're really long overdue for a movie like that. Yeah, we really are, and I think it's sort of that personal aspect of of, of Fire in the Sky that, that moved me, that how it affected those people's lives, and, and really, you know, what an abduction scene looks like. I think that was one of the most terrifying abduction scenes ever put on film, and I think, um, you know, that's what I hope to do, is to make something that's, you know, ultra-unique, and, and that can, you know, get people's fascination, um, yeah, I know I've recently UFOs have been, you know, a big topic, but I'm really hoping to draw more, uh, you know, more history into 
that culture. Yeah. Absolutely. It's bigger than ever right now. You know, Dan Aykroyd's a huge Hollywood name that loves his alien lore and is always promoting that type of stuff. And then Tom DeLong from Blink-182 is a huge UFO fan. He's been working so much on that. So there's really a gateway to get to some of these scarier, nitty-gritty personal stories is really, it's really ripe. It's ready to go. Most definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And so I'm... um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. We're looking at White Sands uh, to film El Paso, Texas. Uh, we got some really good locations there, Roswell. So, um, you know, my hope again is to to bring something fresh to the genre that'll be reminiscent of what kind of the tragedy for us back in 1993. Absolutely, I'm I'm hoping that that gets done sooner than later. So let me ask you, what's the uh, process for writing something like that? You know, does that take a lot of revisions? What kind of research do you do? What's What's your turnaround time on just getting prepped to be able to present that, to, you know, get to the financing and creation point? So, I mean, first off, you you know, you got to envision the story. And I was really inspired by taking the UFO night tour and reading those stories and listening to interviews with all kinds of, you know, people that have stories about being abducted or sightings, lots of radio and podcasts, Art Bell. Um, so you come up with a story and you present it. Uh, you have you know, I, I like to have an actor or somebody that I know that could play the part and I write that part for them. And, um, you know, and you just approach it. And then luckily, you know, I've been fortunate to have theaters and su- supportive groups that are willing to help me get films made. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's an easier process than starting from scratch. But uh, really, yeah, you got to envision the story and you got to believe in it. And I think after that, a lot of things will fall into place. I just find it funny that you're working on both um, a UFO movie and you have this movie about a cult coming out because those are just two very fascinating subjects to me in general, like in real life and in film. So I'm really stoked to see both of those. Thank you. Yeah, it's bizarre because cults and UFOs were something that have really come out to, to the public's fascination as of late, like, you know, in the press and a lot of articles and yeah. Um, Miracle Valley is very much about a true cult. It's about, you know, blood trafficking and, and some really wacky things that have come to light. And um, it's just funny how I, you know, I tapped into these stories a few years ago and all of a sudden, you know, here they are, people are talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be ahead of the curve a little bit, which is always a tough thing to do in, in the entertainment industry is being ahead of those curves and being that trendsetter that, people are going to follow behind is things get popular and you've already got this idea and it's, you know, it's ready to go. So hopefully that really helps move this project along. And obviously Miracle Valley just sounds fascinating with the whole story and the synopsis I've read on it. And so that's actually your directorial debut and it was written by you. So what does that feel like to reach that level of uh, the written and directed by category? It's, uh, you know, it's not something I, ever saw myself doing i kind of worked up to it you know i had the obviously i survived the room i learned a lot on that production um you know what what you know what to do what not to do how to collaborate how important collaboration is when you're making a film making sure everybody feels involved and heard uh and then i uh you know once the success of the room started i wrote the book which was a great collaboration with tom bissell and simon schuster and i learned a lot about storytelling and writing and i got back to my first love which was writing i wrote a 
uh, a sequel to Home Alone when I was 12 um, with a part for myself opposite Macaulay Culkin and based it in Disney World because I was really I really wanted to live in Disney World at the time. And these two guys fight the wet bandits who had escaped and become janitors at uh, Walt Disney World. So I, uh, I got back into storytelling, wrote the disasters. Then I uh, was fortunate to visit the set a lot um, where of the disasters adaptation, where I got to see how fun it can be to make a movie. And then I went on to make best friends. I wrote and produced that. So once I got there, the next step was, Hey, why don't I try to do it all? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, that was, uh, you know, I took everything I learned and, a big thing with making films is you want to make your life as easy as possible. And that's why I found this beautiful location where the movie was set, where we could live, where we could film. And I knew in writing the script what I had access to, and that made life a lot easier. But even then, making any movie, you're going to have so many challenges. And we had, you know, challenges with the weather, being in the desert. and uh, But it was, a, it was a great time. And I think, you know, we've tested Miracle Valley with some audiences, and they've really enjoyed it. And they've been really surprised by what it's about and how it flows. So... I, uh, I'm excited for people to see it. Yeah, that sounds That's incredible. Awesome. That's very inspiring to hear that, you know, just going through those motions. It's creative people, you know, that creativity can ebb and flow. And to see that, you know, you're able to circle the other passions back in and, and reignite those sparks and combine those. I think that's every creative person's dream is to combine all their creative outlets into the ultimate project. And I think, you know, you're, you're kind of hitting that level now and hitting that stride, which is incredible. Yeah, no, it's been um, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm, um, you know, I'm stoked again. You know, one of the greatest rewards is being able to come to theaters and and have people that show up and support you, um, and and see your films, and I think um, that makes me really appreciative. Obviously, of coming to cities like Kansas City and having a great venue like the Screenland, and uh, people like you that are gonna come out and cheer it on and have fun with it absolutely yeah we've actually gotten quite a few of our uh friends going with us too so we're bringing a little crew uh hopefully it'll be a packed house for you and everything and it'll be a great time we're really looking forward to that yeah no it's, it's, it's i think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be great and obviously the room uh 18 year anniversary getting people that hopefully have never seen it which is always fun yeah um that's always amusing when uh when people bring friends and never seen the room and you see the reaction on their face is, uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It's interesting to see how much that, you know, how, how much did that friend tell that other friend about this movie before they came? Because, you know, I've been watching this movie for maybe, maybe only six, seven years at this point, not probably around six. I know it was, um, a year or two before the disaster artist actually came out, but once it did, it started blowing up and eventually I had to, get Justin over here to watch the movie too. And he was just like, what, <laughs> you know, how have I missed out on this like hidden gem? That's just, it's just a great time to watch that movie. And, um, so it's, it's fun to see that. Like you said, people see it for the first time. That's always fun is exposing people to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's again, it's a movie, um, like no other. And it's a movie that for some reason, you know, I've stopped guess second guessing it and just realized that it's a unique piece of entertainment that people really love. And whether it's, you know, so bad, it's good or whatever, it's 20 years later and people are still have that enthusiasm, enthusiasm for it. 
want to talk about it and um you know if they're willing to uh, to show up and support it then i guess uh i have to as well yeah absolutely that's just such a unique piece of entertainment and it just shows like that diy aspect and the gumption that it took everyone involved in that to really work on it and put their heart into it right you know i mean the disaster artist story just really kind of walks you through that and i know the book's a lot darker than the movie turned out and to see to see that movie is amazing and, and then to know the story of it you know it's kind of that trifecta you see the original movie you read the book and then you see the movie about the making of and you really get all aspects of that and especially for creative people or people in the industry it's just one of those gems because you get the complete story in a unique way that I can't say that there's anything that's ever kind of had that before that's had a movie made and then a book and then a movie based on the book about the, you know, the movie. It's, it's one of those things that's, it defies everything that it should do with entertainment and has created this place in the pop culture zeitgeist for the last 20 years now, almost. So that's amazing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's always a movie that I see people leave, you know, with a smile and questions. And so, you know, a lot of times people ask like, Hey, are you, you know, are you sick of this? You don't want to talk about it. But it's like, Hey, you know, the past 10 years, I've been able to write a book, have that book be turned into an award-winning film, make three or four new films and still get a chance to connect with you guys. It's like, what more can you ask for? I mean, obviously every, every artist hopes and wishes to make back to the future, or, you know, Citizen Kane or whatever, but, you know, that's all, all that's out of our control. All we can do is approach things with um, sincerity. And that's, um, that's what I've done. And that's what, what's been so cool about this fan base is that they really get that. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, and then ultimately that story of friendship you have there, your friendship with Tommy's amazing. And just to kind of see how this movie built on that and then the other collaborations you've done and then just the success you guys kind of bounce back and forth off each other with it. Right. And, you know, it's one of those movies, like you said, it may not be an award-winning movie, but it's just those movies that people can watch and just feel like they're connected to you as people, as entertainers. Just It just struck that right chord to people in a way that was like, oh, wow, there's just something totally unique about this I've never seen before. Yep, most definitely. Um, and that's what I'm continuing to try to do, but do it sincerely, because you can't make a bad movie, you know, on purpose. you got to... Uh, or any cult movie for that matter. It's got to be something that, that speaks in a, in a unique and genuine way. Yeah. Well, and that fearlessness, I feel like, you know, everything I've seen since just shows that fearlessness that after you were able to accomplish that, that fear just kind of went away. And then you're like able to embrace some of those things that you may have been afraid of before. Is, is that the case in your situation? I mean, what the room did is it sort of erased fear for me because I've sort of seen such a unique side to cinema and, and, and cult audiences that I'm like, Hey, this is really liberating. Cause now I can go out and, and make the things that I want to make and, and take risks and know that you have an audience behind you that is willing to support that. Um, so I don't really feel, I mean, there's normal nervousness or excitement to see, you know, how is the film received? Is, are people going to respond to it? But I approach it with, with passion and, and um, you know, sincerity and trying to make the, uh, you know, try, try to see if my ideas spark something in the audience, which is sort of, 
what any artist hopes for. Um, and I have the, the ability to do that now. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. The, um, <clears throat> the disaster artist is, uh, just as a book, not even speaking about the film, it's, it's inspirational for, I think not just filmmakers and people in, the, in that industry, but like creative people in general. Cause it's it, like you've said before, you know, it's kind of a follow your dream story and a story about friendship. And it, definitely tells you you know it's kind of a manual of hey don't do this for filmmaking maybe do some maybe do this you know um it's very interesting and then the the movie itself is again very inspirational it's funny and it's informative or whatever you know but inspirational is really what i take away when i watch the the disaster artist movie so um, yeah, no, and that's what I'm glad that that movie did because I know the book is a lot darker, it deals with a lot more tension, but the film adaptation, you know, for a wide audience is something that people can relate to and uh, they don't have to have seen the room to uh, appreciate it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So, jump back to Shark, Big Shark for a minute. I mean, you watch the trailer of that and it's like, you know, you pull aside, you know, just, just the trailer, and that blew my mind because. It looks like it's an actual movie, right? I mean, I'm like, okay, when's this coming out? I'm ready to get this. Looking for every detail I can find about it because shark movies are some of the greatest movies you can watch because they're so entertaining. Because there's a villain here that you don't have that traditional sense. They don't have they don't have a right or wrong. The story is that they're a natural predator, and no matter how you play it out, they're always going to be fun. No matter how campy they get or how serious they get, they're going to be a good time. Most definitely, and I think that's, uh, you know, Jaws is one of my, my all-time favorites, and I've always been fascinated by sharks. But, uh, you know, at the moment, obviously, Big Shark was just a teaser yeah. that was shot, you know, almost three years ago, so it's not anything that's uh, tangible now, but uh, hopefully someday, you know, that shark uh, will swim again. We will keep it alive so. uh, spiritually here at the Frog Brothers Podcast because we absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite little... And, you know, it's it's like you said, it's just the trailer, but it's still one of my favorite, more modern collaborations that we've gotten to see between you and Tommy. And, uh, you know, another one I don't think we even talked about last night was the uh, Nerdist sketch, Tommy Wiseau's The Dark Knight. Yeah, we, uh, we were promoting Best Friends, uh, Lionsgate, working with Nerdist, and we got a chance to uh, shoot, you know, the classic scene from The Dark Knight. I got to wear the bat suit. Um, you know, which was always a dream of mine. It was a lot hotter than I, uh, than I was thinking, but, uh, it was still pretty, pretty great to, um, to do that scene. We worked with Tommy and got him some cue cards so he could focus on not having to remember lines and it, uh, <laughs> it worked super well. And, uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was, uh, it was fun to surprise fans with that because they had no idea that was coming. Oh, and it was great, too, and it sparked a bunch of internet memes for a long time and people demanding that Tommy Wiseau be cast as the Joker and stuff, and that was always great, and it, it was like, honestly, I didn't even, I don't think, I, at first, when you stepped on the screen as Batman, I don't think I realized it was you, but I was like, wait a second, I recognize this excessively handsome facial structure here, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, that was also pretty, pretty fun, I remember, um, you know, having to do that, the scene where I have to like hold him up and lift him. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, he was leaning on me and I'm like sweating and I'm like, damn, it's not as easy playing Batman as I thought. 
<laughs> but still, that's got to be a dream to put on that uh, cape and towel and even just step in for a pair of tires and have some fun with it. I mean, it's just going to be incredible. That, visually, it looks great. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, the content of it is, you know, you, you guys are so self-aware when you guys are doing those things that that's what makes it even better is because the genuine fun you're having during those really just Definitely. shows through. Definitely. Sincerity there is 100%, and it's like, ah, that's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I, um, go ahead. I'm sorry there. <laughs> what, um, what was I going to ask you guys? So are you, um, how you guys grew up in Kansas city? You're based here. Yes. Yep. We're based here in Kansas city. Uh, I've lived down in the uh, Memphis area for a little bit, not in Phoenix and, uh, just on my way back here because just, it feels like home. There's just culturally we're a unique city here and it's, there's so much to offer and, um, uh, you know, kind of being in the middle of the country really helps out for everything, really, for travel and everything else. You can kind of get anywhere pretty easy. So, love it here. Yep. I also lived yeah. out in Arizona for a little while and um, was trying to move out to L.A. for a while out there to do uh, some, you know, industry stuff. But ended up out here, and I, I still do work on local stuff out here, so that's it worked out fine. Um, it's fun. We, I'd say we like it out here, though. <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, and the barbecue, that's one thing I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah, do you have any spots that you're uh, lined out and ready to go to yet? Uh, I think some of my KC friends are going to surprise me, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's awesome. Hopefully they'll bring you a little variety so you can uh, try a little bit of everything and figure out feel like the best thing. When you've been here and you've been here before, but you know the debate people can have about that is what's the best? Well, someone's likes one item from every place so to get their perfect plate of barbecue they're going to hit up every spot and, and get one item and bring that to their their uh, buffet yeah barbecue is pretty much just a war zone <laughs> Memphis versus Kansas City versus Texas and then all the individual restaurants hate each other too <laughs> yeah no I've heard I had friends in Minnesota that were telling me all about um, the Kansas City barbecue scene so I'm looking forward to it that's awesome. Any other sites that you regularly visit when you're in town? Uh, I've been here a couple of times. I've hung out, you know, sometimes downtown and, you know, coming through on some road trips. So, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to catching up with some good friends and have a great show at the, uh, at the Screenland Armor and, um, you know, get a chance to meet you guys, meet you guys in person. Yeah, That's we'll give you some uh, stickers we got set aside for you and stuff. That'll be great. And, um, and we do want to thank you for coming on. Um, you you did say yesterday, I believe, that you're doing a uh, meet and greet between the movies as well. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to do, uh, you know, do a signing and whatever you guys got to sign and be able to chat face to face and do some photos. So um, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that. So Cool. I'll bring my copy of the book. Yeah, that'll be great. Excellent. Well, really appreciate your time again, uh, Greg, and uh, really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And hopefully, uh, the leading to the tomorrow is something uh, sort of amazing for you here in town. And hopefully, that spark of good news comes through, like you're looking for. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, we can be part of that magic for you. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I really, uh, really appreciate uh, you guys having me on and, and supporting me and uh, getting the word out. So I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, and let Excellent. me just say, Thank uh, you very much. let me just say, uh, what a story, Mark. You must be kidding. I got the picture. That's live. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. All Have right. a great night. Take you care. Too. Bye.